Welcome to the Ordinals Podcast, produced by Ord Media, featuring the top builders, projects, and investors pioneering Bitcoin inscription protocols and the future of digital artifacts. Hi. Yeah. Thanks, Ragnar, for putting this together. Uh, it's been really fun so far to meet everyone in the community and, and put some names and faces together from people that I've talked to on the internet but haven't actually met in real life. Um, I want to start by just introducing myself and then giving each of you an opportunity to just say you know, a brief introduc introduction. Um, so I'm Aaron Redwing. Uh, I have known Casey for a little while now. I have a podcast with him. Um, and so I've been listening to Casey talk about ordinals and try unsuccessfully to get people to care about it for, I don't know, more than a year now. Um, and it was always just sort of like a harebrained idea, but I, I thought it was good and interesting, and I believed that like someday it would, it would eventually kind of take on in some form. Um, but I didn't ever really expect that it would pop off so quickly and, and with so many people you know, getting interested in it, not from... Casey just sort of trying to explain ordinal theory to them drunkenly at a bar or whatever. Um, so yeah, the last couple months have been really crazy. Um, the transition from, you know, kind of just being like a fun pet project that a couple people were working on and were interested in to now, you know, a very engaged community um, and, you know, the new issues that sort of arise from that. Uh, we've been trying to figure out and navigate. I've somewhere along the way sort of taken on like a project management role for the core protocol. Um, and so I work closely with Raf and Casey and, and some others. Um, and we're just trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way to do this sort of open source development in a community engaged way. Um, so I'm hoping that we can kind of, you know, get, get to the bottom of that throughout this conference and this weekend and maybe our conversation today. So. Uh, yeah, that's my introduction. Raf, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Raf, Raphael, or Raf Jeff on Twitter. Um, I've been working on ordinals uh, with Casey for the last 10 months about, uh, next to university. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride. It's a lot of fun uh, working with Casey, developing the, the protocol. And I'm yeah really surprised that it blew up this much and excited to be here. Um, and yeah, at the moment, I'm still at university, but if I'm done, hopefully in August, I'm looking to like work full time on the protocol and like bring it forward and shepherd it forward. And yeah, excited to see where we're heading. Hi, I'm Danny Yang. I'm the founder of a company called Medic Good. We we use or we leverage NFTs to help empower communities, you know, make an impact, positive impact. We also inscribed the first 10K collection or 10K image collection on Bitcoin. It's called OnChain Monkey. And there's an interesting story about it, actually uh, related to the story that Jamil, or, or Jamil talked about 1984. So in 1984, um, uh, there was a famous photograph taken by the, the photographer Steve McCurry called Afghan Girl, it was a cover of National Geographic. You know, she was a refugee, a, a child, 12-year-old child fleeing the Afghan-Soviet war, um, Soviet-Afghan war, and that became quite famous. People probably have seen it. So also in Afghanistan, two years ago, the Taliban took over, and she was still in Afghanistan as as you know, uh, you know world famous, you know, woman, prominent woman. Uh, her life and her family's life was in danger. So these monkey images that you know we created uh, actually funded her rescue um, to Italy uh, in 2021. So it's kind of an um, example of how NFTs, you know, even monkey images can make a difference in the world. And this is what we've been doing in you know, the last two years. 
but in the protocol side of things, the 10,000 images of monkeys that we put onto Bitcoin only took two bytes per image. So it was a, a scalable way and very relevant for you know, the Ornos protocol that we're going to discuss. So I feel kind of bad now following Danny where you know they're changing the world and doing good on that side. I'm just a cypherpunk who wandered into ordinals randomly, ended up in the Discord, uh, helped a pretty fair number of the people in this room even get nodes set up in February and March, and helped stuff get on chain. And that was kind of my role in the ecosystem for the longest time was uh, glorified tech support slash grumpy old man telling you if you were building it wrong. Uh, if you're on that side of things, I don't apologize. You were probably building it wrong. <laughs> All kidding aside, though, I, I'm very deeply interested in the protocol as it stands in terms of ordinal theory and the uh, protocol as it stands in regards to inscriptions. And that's, I believe, why I'm here. Nice. Great. Thanks, guys. Actually, I kind of want to follow up with what you're talking about with the ordinal theory and inscriptions. I think, um, you know, obviously the word that everyone's using is ordinals, ordinals, ordinals. Like, everywhere is ordinals. But it seems like what people really care about, at least, you know, in the market, is inscriptions. Um, and there's a distinction there that I think is important from a protocol level. So I was wondering, maybe starting with Raf, if, if uh, you can kind of, like, clarify the distinction between inscriptions and ordinal theory and just kind of give a brief overview of what are ordinals, what is ordinal theory. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, the, the base idea that Casey came up with is ordinal, uh, ordinals, which is a basic numbering scheme for Satoshis. Um, and ordinal theory has two things. First of all, assigning a clear number to every Satoshi, and then also assigning a way to track them through transactions. And that's the base idea, and these ordinals have many different characteristics that we came up with. They have names, they have a, a specific number, um, and then the first application of kind of ordinal theory is inscriptions. It's attaching any kind of data to a Satoshi and making it be able to transfer around. So yeah, inscriptions is just kind of the first idea that's really blew up on ordinals and I'm excited to see what people will be uh, creating uh, on top of that. Yeah, that's a great question about, you know, what are ordinals, what are inscriptions? And the, the ordinal, how I think about it, the ordinals protocol is three parts. So one is ordinal theory, which is how to track Satoshis around, what Raph was saying. Uh, two is what's an inscription, right? So an inscription for, for um, inscription is some, some data that you're writing onto the Bitcoin blockchain and using basically the segregated witness of an input in the transaction. So you know, Bitcoin has many inputs, and each input you can you know, basically write an inscription. So it's clearly defining what is an inscription. That's the second part. So first part is ordinal theory, second part is an inscription. So those are the two important parts. But then there's a third part that is also key, which is how do you map the inscription to an ordinal or a Mark Satoshi? Right? That's how you can actually, as a consensus for everyone in the world who is following you know, ordinals, uh, basically own an, an inscription, right? Because that's, uh, the inscription just, it just sits in a, input in the transaction. But the Satoshis in the ordinal theory move around and assign ownership. So how do you map the inscription to a Mark Satoshi and ordinal? Right, that's the third part. So these three things actually define the whole ordinal's protocol. Number one, the ordinal theory is very clear. Everyone knows you know, how to do that. And, and that idea has been around for a long time, you know, more than a decade. Uh, two, the inscription right, is a new thing. You know, how do you use the segregated witness and Taproot and all that that recently developed to do this, which is really cool. Um, the third one is one that we still need to properly define. It's not very well defined in the protocol. 
So in the reference implementation right now, um, the, how you map it is the first input can have an inscription, and that all the explorers will pick up. And then it's mapped to the first Satoshi in the first output. So that's, that's what we know of as Ordinals, the protocol, as implemented and as recognized by the explorers today. Uh, but there is a lot more power if you can um, do the mapping more generally, because you can have inscriptions and multiple inputs in the transaction. So how do you map, if you have an inscription in the second input or the third input of a transaction, how do you map that to the Mark Satoshi or no, right? So that part, we, we all need to kind of define clearly, so then all the explorers, all the indexers can understand that. Um, and another powerful, powerful feature when you do it that way is you don't need to just have one inscription per transaction. You could do 100 inscriptions in one transaction. And yeah, there, there are many actually cool things you could do when, the, when um, that's probably defined. And it's actually very simple. I mean, basically these three principles or uh, rules define the spec for you know, ordinals. Sure, so they both covered the rules that kind of govern how all this works. I'm gonna take a very quick moment to cover where the rules uh, aren't as well defined as you expect. Uh, so ordinal theory is a great example. We'd agree it's the origination. We assign some arbitrary sentinel, uh, the naming, where we're, you're assigning numbers, and the tracking of transfers. The naming is really important because you, you call it two steps. I think naming is a very vital one of those three steps in my mind because the names are arbitrary. Given that you can track them from SAT origination and through transactions, you can actually assign any name you want to the SATs at the time they're created, and those names will propagate in exactly the same way the numbers will. Um, it's just a unique idea with the way the transfers work. So it's, it's almost in addition to ordinal theory that you don't actually have to number them the way we are. You can number them however you want. You'll get the exact same network effect at the end. You're referring to the namespace of the SAT? So, okay. How will you make it like consistent? So right now we have a mapping from names that goes like backwards, like the, the last ordinal that will be ever mined in 2106 or whatever will have the letter A and the first one, and then you have every combination of 10 letters in between. How would you uh, make your scheme like consistent? Sure, so when I say name of the SAT, I don't mean name the base 26 representation, which is where I, I think I misled you there for okay, a second. Yeah. I'm referring to what we call the SAT number, uh, the ordinal. Mm -hmm. That is actually an arbitrary sentinel in the tracking system. You can assign any sentinels you want to those values and they'll still propagate properly because of the tracking side. Yeah, sure, yeah. I think, yeah, I think the, the key innovation here on ordinals is that you have these stable identifiers that you can like pass around. Like you didn't have that before on Bitcoin. UTXOs were created and destroyed in every transaction and now you have this thing that you can pass around. And yeah, you, there's so much like just in the base ordinal theory that you can like uh, play with and um, yeah. I hope that people will get more into ordinal theory and actually look at the, the key, key stuff there. Um, yeah, and also you mentioned like the, the mapping of uh, ordinals, uh, inscriptions to ordinals. At the moment, yeah, we have to work on some documentation there. I remember like when me and Casey were working on it, um, like in January, like we were working on ordinals, but it wasn't really catching on. So we were like, okay, let's like bring out these inscription things, you know, that'll create some hype. People love putting uh, monkey JPEGs on the, on the blockchain. Uh, so uh, we we're like, okay, we're just gonna bring out inscriptions and we took a little bit some shortcuts in the code 
and one of the shortcuts was uh, only allowing one inscription uh, per transaction. And I think the work we have to do right now is kind of clear up the documentation. Um, I also have some PROs open that address the issue of uh, multiple inscriptions per transaction. Uh, there's still draft PRs, I have to write some, P uh, some, some tests for that, but uh, there is, uh, it is very clear how to assign them. Like I think we can come to a consensus on that. It's not so complicated or so contentious. I think it's, uh, it's a quite a clear, clear way forward. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. I think like, um you know, the, the multiple inscriptions for one sat thing is something that maybe people who come from like NFT world on other chains like struggle to wrap their head around because they're like, well, I thought I'm buying the image, you know, like, but really what you're buying is the sat and, and you know, you could in theory like have your initial inscription and then you could have a signature or you could have whatever. And, and, and I think like, you know, there's some people who are like, well, what about like the immutability? Like, I don't know, like if I'm buying this, I'm buying all these other things. But if you think about it from the perspective of like, you know, you could buy a famous work of historical art and then graffiti your name on it if you wanted to. There's lots of reasons why people don't do that, obviously. But I think that that sort of element is, is interesting, maybe controversial for some people. But as you said, I think it sort of makes sense. Yeah, I think you uh, just we have to clarify a thing here. So one thing was multiple inscriptions per transaction. And what you were talking about was re-inscribing. So multiple inscriptions per transactions, we still have to figure out a way to assign then these multiple inscriptions to different sats. Another idea is, of course, to allow re-inscriptions, which I personally think is, is a good idea because the idea of a digital artifact is if you own the sat, you can do whatever you want with it. Like if you own the Mona Lisa, you can draw, uh, draw a smiley with, edit, uh, with, uh, with a permanent marker on it, but you probably wouldn't, but you can. It's your thing to do. So uh, what re-inscriptions would just do is attach another inscription to a Satoshi. Just You can still see the, other, the old one, but you would uh, see the new one underneath. Um, yeah, so that, those are the things. So one is like multiple inscriptions per transaction assigned to different sets, and then the other thing is multiple inscriptions on the same, uh, on the same set. I, I would go against that. I, I don't think you should be able to reinscribe a, a sat. I mean, if, if I'm a creator and I sell my work, I don't want anyone putting graffiti on, on that piece of work. There are infinite sats. People can inscribe whatever they want on another sat. I think it's very beautiful where a sat can be inscribed once and you can't reinscribe on top of that sat. Yeah, I guess so. We have to come to consensus on that. Um, <laughs> I kind of. Uh... Uh, what do you open the can of worm here? Um, but uh, well, that's yeah. sort of I don't know. That's kind of that's where we're at. Like I think for a long time, it's like you know some of these decisions could just be made with few people having contradictory opinions because not that many people were paying attention. And now we're sort of in this phase where it's like, what does it mean to have like community consensus or to like get in like feedback from the community in the development process? I don't know. I think Sai, you kind of have thoughts on this. I'm wondering if you could. Yeah, yeah I, I think right now one of the biggest things we need is to define uh, the, a lot of these core principles. So what I mean by that is you refer to it as adding an inscription to a set. You refer to it as effectively uh, modifying your art that you've placed there. And I think both of these are perfectly valid ways to view it. But for the development of a standard, one of those two ideologies will eventually have to be selected. Is it a... Is it a is it a box where you put your paperwork to file and it's ordered and you know which one was first? You forever know that this sat is this original piece of art, but people have attached signatures on the end and they've, you know, they've maybe they've written on the back a, a story of their life or something. But at the end of the day, it's still that, that index zero, if you will, of an array of these that have been reinscribed. 
Um, or are these immutable, permanent references that can't be not removed? Because we, we all know there's no way to remove this data from the blockchain in any sort of reasonable way. But can't you can't even associate other data with it. Because to me, I, I, I understand the, the romantic idea of that, which is why I would love to agree with Danny. But I have to disagree because on the other side of it, if you look at traditional art, given any piece of art, you eventually associate documentation to it. You eventually associate the things that build provenance outside of the provenance that we have from simply having it on the blockchain associated with the set. So I think that it's necessary to have reinscription. The structure and format of that is something I'd be open to debate. Maybe, maybe not in terms of image inscriptions as reinscriptions maybe signature data, but then we get back to the same, why this exists in the first place, where we're using effectively a, a slot of data that was for signature data to store images. Yeah, well, well people would do it anyway, right? You can't stop it. So it's just how you interpret, I and mean, this is a good point. Um, but there is a, just kind of a different topic, but related is that actually thinking of inscriptions and Ordinal's protocol how you track these, um, or rather, thinking about it in terms of a Bitcoin native way. So actually provenance with inscriptions, actually when we can do multiple inscriptions or when we can do inscriptions where it's not on the, you know, the first, inscription, first input, uh, you actually can do provenance and th this parent-child recursion idea for a, basically as a Bitcoin native provenance. So for example, um, I, I think this is one of your pull requests. It, the, you can have, so you can have a parent or you can have an, um, an ordinal with an inscription already. And let's say I'm the creator, I inscribe my name. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Danny and I inscribe this and people know this is me. Then when I want to create an artwork, right, I use that parent to create a child. So in the blockchain, you can actually see that, you know, this inscription that's me, basically my, um, you know, my, my ordinal, created this piece of work that's another ordinal. And that relationship is in the blockchain, it's very clear. So any, you know, any explorer will just look at the blockchain and know that the author is this and this is the, 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 um, you know, the work by them. Or it could be a, a collection of works. So then this is actually a collection and underneath the collection, the grandchild are a bunch of works. So this is actually just in the transaction um, of, basically it's in the Bitcoin blockchain. Basically the chain of transactions is just native to Bitcoin. You don't need to add any extra data on, in the inscription part of it. It's just in Bitcoin. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, parent-child is an interesting feature, but um, at the moment, I think we really have to nail down, like, documentation and coming, like, to kind of make clear for all the people building on ordinals, like, it's, the community is huge. Like, this is crazy how many, like, we have a conference here now, and, like, there's so many companies uh, working on this. So I think it's very important that we, first of all, kind of nail down the basics of how, like, inscriptions are assigned to Satoshi's and then we can think about new features. Like I, I really want the, the parent-child feature out as well, um, but I think we have to kind of like roll back a little bit and uh, move a little bit slower there, um, just to kind of uh, not break any uh, yeah, existing businesses and uh, expectations. I don't know, I think Cypher, you, you uh, wanted to talk about like how to build this documentation a little bit. Yeah, I think the documentation is an excellent thing to discuss. I, I didn't know that we were going to dig into it in the protocol panel, but I'm more than happy to. Uh, so being that we have developed this very robust community that includes people doing things I very much agree with and I'm aligned with, 
We're on Bitcoin. We've dabbled with PSBTs, which weren't really used for anything outside of CoinJoin and Multisig before this. Uh, because previously, if I'd offered you $5 of Bitcoin for $100 worth of Bitcoin, you would never accept that deal. That Bitcoin was fully fungible in everyone's mind. Now that we have this semi-fungible or selectively fungible is the phrase I like to use, way of viewing it, we suddenly have a whole new use case for technologies like that. And we're gonna have to figure out how we reconcile the needs of many people, whether it's BRC20 folks, people who want images on chain as art, uh, people like me who want code on chain as art, uh, which is, you know, makes me probably the outlier here, uh, or people who just want ordinal theory without any inscriptions. So the definition is gonna be very hard to nail down because we need all of these stakeholders, all of you, involved in the process in some way or another, whether that's you find somebody that you align with and speaks for you, you know, somebody who's publicly saying what you agree with, or you say it yourself and be involved. Uh, a public GitHub repo with documentation in the form of, uh, very reminiscent of like BIPs would be a strong candidate there. I think that would probably be an excellent path forward because then you can have the discussion in public, you can have it in a format that developers are used to um, because developers are the ones who are gonna need to write the documentation because they're gonna be the ones writing the software that we all use. But I think if you had that, the discussion could move forward in a very productive manner. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you and I always appreciate your thoughts. I like, I. I appreciate you know your direction and and kind of your opinions on everything because I feel like it yeah as I said before it's just it's a complicated evolving thing and there's trade-offs that you make in the decisions of how to move forward with the protocol and um, it's nice to have these kind of like in-person events to actually talk to people and I, I speak for myself and maybe for Raf as well like if you have thoughts opinions like we want to have those kind of discussions uh, here and to get people's thoughts and opinions and um, yeah, so I guess I want to wrap it up here, but give you guys like a chance to give some final thoughts. Just as a final thing, what are you excited about for the future of the Ordinals Protocol? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that so many like new Bitcoin tools are being like that, that developer mindshare has come back or come, more of the developers have come back to Bitcoin and that these Bitcoin tools are being fleshed out like at, on the previous panel was already discussed, like there's a lot of tooling missing in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Um, but Bitcoin is a very nice, like elegant system, like PSPTs are amazing. And just like seeing all of this being built out um, by the interest in ordinals, uh, that, that's really what ex excites me. And uh, I'm also excited to see how, like what people come up with ordinal theory um, and see how, how they play around with that. I think what's really cool about ordinals is that it was designed in a Bitcoin native way. So, you know, Orno theory, you know, uses the Bitcoin's ledger basically to then map onto inscriptions, which are being tracked using Bitcoin's ledger. Also, inscriptions are pretty open right now. Uh, but when we basically, after we define the spec very clearly, I think people will be able to also do cool new inscriptions that are very Bitcoin native, basically, you know, referencing other inscriptions within the, all on chain, because it's all on Bitcoin. And you can, just by seeing the transaction uh, linkages, uh, there's you know, cool provenance, but there's also cool ways where you're actually using, so 
code is art, right? When you, when you create code, it can actually reference other code that's in previous inscriptions, and it's all reference on chain. So part of the art is also, you know, if you inscribe some very cool code fragment or basically some art that other people can use in their art, and it's all very clearly, you know, all on chain on Bitcoin. So, you know, basically as a digital artifact, you can see, you know, how, like it's kind of like citations in, in, you know, in science where you see, you know, when you, if, you do, if you create something that's, that's you know, very relevant for people and people want to use it, then you have to see everyone using it, just all natively on Bitcoin, you know, people referencing that in, in their work on, on you know, Ordinals and on Bitcoin. Yeah, I think you're on the right track. I think that's where most of the development community seems to be at. I, for me, ordinal theory is Casey's love letter to Bitcoin. Like that's how it looks to me as a developer. It's somebody who deeply cares about Bitcoin and the ethos of Bitcoin, um, including the permissionless aspect of it. The very idea of putting inscriptions out there, I would have never been able to pull that trigger because you're opening a can of worms where you have to accept the things you like and the things you don't like. So the thing that I'm motivated about and excited to see, I want everybody to keep building things that get me excited, things that make me feel emotion if you're doing art, and things that make me so angry that I go to Twitter to rant. Like, I wanna see all of this on Bitcoin. I want everything that I wanna do in the world to you know, revolve around the thing I wanna build on. Great, no, thank you guys. Thanks for everyone for listening, and yeah, thanks Ragnar. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review our show. Subscribe to the Ordinals podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite app, and follow us on Twitter at The Ord Pod. Drop us a line at podcasts at org.media for topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like us to interview. Ordinals 2024 conference is taking place in Nashville. Early bird passes are available now. Visit org.media and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks for listening to the Ordinals podcast, produced by Ord Media.